It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. It's another edition of the Smart Money Questions Podcast for you. Walter Storholt here alongside Matt Hausman. He's the founder of Old Security Group. He has an office in Westchester, PA, uh, Newark, Delaware as well, but serves clients all across the country. Technology makes that a little bit easier these days. Uh, SmartMoneyQuestions.com is the place to go online if you're not there already listening to the podcast today. To find past podcasts, you can also check out the blog post that Matt puts on the site as well. Uh, Lots of other great content on the way on that site. Again, that's SmartMoneyQuestions.com. All right, we're going to dive right into today's topic. It's what we'd like to call his and hers retirement planning. So if you're married, you know, this comes as no surprise. It takes two to complete a successful retirement plan. And so on today's podcast, we're going to look at how husbands and wives have different financial goals and how that creates conflict from time to time. We'll, of course, also explore how to resolve that conflict and establish a solid financial plan. Matt, I know you're geared up for this because you meet a lot of people in your office each and every day to talk about, or, you know, maybe over Skype or, you know, digitally sometimes. And it's always probably fun to see those different couple dynamics play out. The interesting thing about it is it doesn't matter what age. That's a good point, right? Yeah. And in fact, it probably makes it just that much more interesting and diverse in terms of how the relationships are formed and how they interact with one another. Correct. I mean, when we're talking about a financial plan, you know, you can be, hopefully you're 30 and you have a financial plan, no different than if you're 70. And when you're married and, you know, we've got the, what's the old men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Right. And just the difference, uh, sometimes that can, my wife will tell me, you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Right. You yeah. know, that old saying. And so it really is interesting. The more I get to talk to people, especially, you know, we're in, you were mentioning that we have clients all over. We're in nine states now and pretty diverse states too. You know, we're uh, down in the South. And I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, we're up in Minnesota and it's interesting to talk to people that are coming from different areas of the country and what their thought process is and how they address those potential financial conflicts on how to deal with money. What is it they, they say they, the number one reason for divorce is money issues. Mm-hmm. That's not so, hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Now just to let everyone know. I do do marriage counseling at six ninety five an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's not licensed marriage counseling, but it, it is yeah, marriage counseling. It's not counseling. licensed. <laughs> and, and I do I take PayPal and credit cards. There you go. There so you just go. to let you know. And there's an upcharge if it's a credit card because I charge you the surcharge. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think I know the answer to this question, but we'll start here. Do you find that most couples have spent a lot of time talking about retirement plans before they come to meet with you or – does sometimes that end up being the first conversation that they've had about financial matters taking place in your office? You know, I, I think that's probably a 50-50. There are some people that have come in where they've spent time discussing maybe what it is that they want, maybe understanding the budget. But I wouldn't say that it's usually it's more general. It's really not specific. So what usually will happen you know, no pun intended is I'm going to start asking a bunch of questions and I'm trying to dive into really many times people have only looked at things in a general way, but when you're looking to develop a plan, 
you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, the details, the specifics on what someone is wanting to do, wanting to accomplish. I always make the comment when people come in or when I host a workshop or even with these podcasts that we're doing, you might have three or four or five questions. My goal is when you get done, you got 20 because that means that I have, I've hopefully been able to help you recognize there's a lot more to just the general idea or, you know, it's kind of like the thing we always see on TV, the, you know, follow the green road or whatever retirement. And they show a couple walking down the beach with the champagne glasses and champagne bottles. Right. But there's so much more to it than that. And really looking and taking the time to answer those, those other questions, which usually have to do with purpose. What's the purpose of what are we, why are we doing this? Right. You always hear me talk about position with purpose. You position money with the purpose it is intended for, and all of your money doesn't have the same purpose, so we don't position it all in the same place. And so usually I would say it's 50-50, but even those that are having those discussions, it's more general. It's more general in nature. Sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. So if we're looking for sort of a an easy guide or a place to start, whether that be in your office or something that, you know, if we're a husband and wife listening to this podcast today, some things we can use to spark the conversation. Where where are some primary areas that, you know, need to have discussion, some things that need to be decided between husband and wife before that true planning can begin? I would say the first place is goals and desires. And really this transcends age doesn't matter, you know, whether it's Maggie and I and we've got three kids, the youngest is 16, or whether you're 30 and you've got a couple kids under the age of seven, or whether you're 65 and you're looking to retire in a year, is what are the goals and desires? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, what are you going to do with the money to achieve what it is you want to achieve? And I think those definitions are really important. You know, one, I'll, I'll just give you an example on my wife and I and something that and I think I might have talked about this a uh, couple months back. But, you know, there were recent tax changes that went into effect beginning of 18. And one of the things that was done was the elimination of the home equity line of credit, the interest being deductible now. And so the first thing I was looking at, OK, well, then I'm going to go ahead and refi my home equity line into my first and I'm going to see if that's going to create any additional tax benefits for me long term. And long story short, it didn't. But during that process, we got an appraisal done. And quite frankly, we were pleasantly surprised that the house came in appraised more than what we thought. Well, at the same time, we were looking and I was just going to do what's called a rate and term. I was only going to refi the balances. That was it. I wasn't going to take any more money out. But then we were also doing a kitchen or we're kind of doing the whole first floor. And I started looking into, well, I was just going to pay cash for that. But then seeing what we were able to do with the mortgage is I sat down with my wife and I said, okay, let's really analyze this. Do we want to take on more debt? We were going to pay cash for it. Does it make more sense to pay debt and go ahead and create the house that we're wanting and really get it up to par with the neighborhood? So in the event we want to sell, we're positioned to be able to sell rather quickly because we've updated everything that needs to be updated in the house. So that's the first question, right? So of course my wife's like, Oh, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't care which way we're just getting the kitchen. Done, right. right. I've been waiting for a long time for this kitchen. So we ended up answering that. Yeah. You know what? It probably makes more sense to go ahead and put it into the house 
And, you know, we'll look to just because our payments weren't going to change at all if we did this. It was they were going to literally stay exactly the same. We were lowering our rate, made more sense. But then the second question I asked was, OK, well, how long are we going to stay here? Because the youngest is a sophomore in high school. And if she decides to go to school in, I don't know, Texas, are we staying here or are we downsizing like to around our area? Now, I'm not talking about moving. I'm, we would still stay in this area. But we wouldn't need this big house anymore. And would we stay in this big house or would we unload it and go to, you know, a townhouse or, or something smaller kind of downsize? And she goes, oh, I never I didn't think about that. I said, because I'm going to look to pay the mortgage off early. I'm going to start, hmm. you know, pushing money to that to free up that cash flow that the mortgage has created. But I'm not going to do it if you're going to tell me we're going to downsize in three years because the money's too cheap. Yeah. Right. But if you're going to tell me we're going to stay here for 10 or 12 years in this house, then that makes sense Yeah, to go ahead and do that, right? So I'm going through that equation to say there's multiple questions that we ended up answering as we went through the process to come to a decision on what helped us define what our goals and desires were. Yeah. That's the conversation people should be having. Well, speaking of those conversations, I know some of them, as we kind of teased, lead to conflict or lead to at least disagreements. What are some of the things, and, and in fact, I bet one of them is that right there. What What is our future in the home? Do we want to downsize or keep the same house? I know that can be a sticking point for a lot of couples. My grandparents recently went through kind of something similar, trying to figure out for them, what's the best option to take? Should we proceed with moving to a new location and being closer to family and downsizing a little bit or, you know, just stay where we have been throughout our retirement and enjoy those that area. What are some of the areas where you see those disagreements pop up most frequently? Usually when it comes to really getting specific about those goals and desires, I just had someone in my office literally today. And when we got to the idea of, well, you know, one of the things you want to think about in retirement is where are you going to live? And what's going to be the process and, or, you know, are you, are you going to do some travel? Are you looking at having a second home? And in the discussion, <laughs> the husband and wife got into a little conflict because he was bound and determined to stay here. And she goes, I'm done staying here because we have no family. I'm moving to a state where our kids are. <laughs> and again, the six ninety five an hour came out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was that's a big question that needs to be answered and come to an understanding. And I didn't realize that that came out as she was setting me up. Cause she goes, do you mind if I ask you a question? Well, sure. That's why you're here. What's the question? Well, wh what's your feeling on second homes? That was her way in. <laughs> oh, that's great. I go, well, there, but there's, there's so many aspects to a second home. And I kind of, you know, went down the different things I would consider. And then that's how that ended up coming out. So usually that is, you know, both of you and there's compromise that's going to be here. They come to an understanding on what the others are looking for, what you're looking for and what the others and how can we make it work? Yep. And what do you see in retirement? What does that retirement look like? Mm -hmm. You know, those are, and what are the desires, you know? Yeah. Well, I know that uh, a lot of financial advisors won't even do a financial plan, won't even have a first appointment. Some of them, let alone go through the entire plan without both spouses in attendance or at the meetings or involved in the process. I'm curious where where you kind of fall in that spectrum. You know, is it okay for one spouse to handle sort of all of the financial matters or do you want both to be heavily involved in the process? What's the right balance to find there? Well, 
I would say that, and usually it is one, one of the spouses has kind of taken on the responsibilities of the quote financial matters. And that's probably not going to change in retirement. But one of the things I encourage, so when your secondary thing is, do you typically encourage both to be quote heavily involved? That's usually not going to happen because one person has been doing that or having that responsibility for an extended period of time, potentially decades. And for the other person now to want to, they've taken on other responsibilities that more than likely the person doing the finances hasn't had to do. So the idea of them now being heavily involved is probably unrealistic, but the idea for them to be quasi involved or at least to have understanding, conceptual understanding. So God forbid that one that is doing the financial matters has some type of a healthcare event or passes away that the other one is at least willing to step in. If anything, they've at least had conversations and they've met with the advisors that the person that's doing the financial responsibility has brought in to assist. And usually that's what I'm going to encourage is that at least in the initial planning period and then you know, I try and use my humor, you know, I'm usually the only one laughing in the room, but, <laughs> but the humor to make them where they're willing to come in and kind of make things light and make things simple. I'm not wanting to be complex with both individuals and that will help ease that person into the idea of quasi being involved. I'll tell you a funny story. I met with some clients last week and they're absolutely sweet people. And, and the husband has been doing the finances for an extended period of time. I and mean, we were going over different things. And it was so encouraging for me because he's uh, been a client now for quite a while and really has started to now fully understand what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, and really had great intelligent questions when we sat down and we were meeting. And I could see he'd really been thinking about and listening to the things that we've been going over for five or six years now. And so we were setting another appointment to go over the things he wanted me to look into him for him. And so I came up with a date and I looked at him and I said, is this date going to be good? And then he looked at her and she looked at him with the look like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> She looked at me and she goes, Matt, I love you, but I only got to see you once a year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I absolutely fell off my chair. It was one of the funniest things. But, you know, she's involved there. And uh, this is actually down at our Newark office. So they were getting their taxes done, too. And so she was coming to that meeting. And she's been to some of our other events throughout the year. But she wasn't coming back to a, quote, planning meeting, right? or a review meeting. I just thought that was so funny. So I would say that's pretty typical. She's quasi involved with the meeting. And now I know if I make a second appointment after that, she's not coming. I got another year till I see her. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's good stuff. I mean, I think all of this is, it's worthwhile to have that conversation about how men and women are different when it comes to financial and retirement planning and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, do, do you have any other uh, stories to kind of put a cap on today's conversation about, you know, couples and planning for retirement? Maybe somebody helped get on the same page? Well, I, I think it's just, it's being willing to go through that process, have those conversations. You know, one of the things that usually we see as well that can create conflict is the idea of, there's one spouse that's usually willing to take on more risk than the other one. And I have found it doesn't, you know, a lot of people would think, well, that's, you know, that's the guys, but really it's, it, it hasn't been, it's kind of 50, 50. 
And, you know, coming to an understanding on, so we talked about in a podcast before, we don't want to be out standing outside during the storm is having a compromise on where those monies should be placed and understanding the risk that we're willing to take. And so both people, you know, as we're in that distribution phase of life, that they're comfortable with that. And I think both couples willing to go through those conversations and take the time to really educate themselves. You know, we talked about it, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, the one client said a lot of people have fear only because they're lazy and they haven't done the research. And so in this case, the research is going through the process, being willing to have those conversations, come up with those answers, be okay with those answers. And then the planning process can really begin. And then there's cohesiveness between the husband and wife. Yeah. Or I should say the couple. Great to get those kinds of uh, stories and examples. Always helpful when we get on the same page with these kinds of things. And I'll just say, if you don't have a situation where you're on the same page with your significant other, use this as an opportunity to make that happen, kind of resolve to make that a big part of your financial plan going forward, that everybody gets on the same page, that those communication lines get drawn properly in the sand, and that you get the best financial plan put together as possible so that you're both on board. Hugely important. It's going to be, I think, really important to your overall financial success to get those things taken care of. If you want to get in touch with Matt Hausman, he can help facilitate that conversation. And as he said, it'll even be an unlicensed marriage counselor for you throughout the process if you need it. Six ninety-five an hour, was that what it was, Matt? <laughs> that is what, and that's not $6.95. We're not buying a Big Mac. <laughs> right, right, exactly. The financial planning guidance, uh, you know, is, is not that. But if you want that true marriage counseling guidance, yeah, that's going to be the fee that you pay. This is all tongue-in-cheek, of course. <laughs> 610-719-3003 is your number to call to talk to Matt. 610-719-3003. And you can always find us online at smartmoneyquestions.com. That's smartmoneyquestions.com. Matt, thanks as always for helping us navigate through what can uh, sometimes be a little bit sticky topic, talking about husbands and wives and trying to get along with our finances, but uh, we much appreciate it. You bet, bud. Thanks again. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Again, that's Matt Hausman. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. We'll talk to you again next time on Smart Money Questions. 